Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are someone that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you've come to the right place. You don't have to call yourself anything. We don't have to use any labels. You're just someone that knows something isn't working for you and you want to make an intentional change. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Andy and Chris. I'm thrilled to have you here. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for having us. We're excited. Yeah, yeah it's been a long time coming. I think I, I it was before the shop even opened, I reached out to you because somebody, I'd gotten wind that this was happening and I'm like, who are these people? I must know who they are. Um, so, you know, I know we messaged early on and it was just like, of course, all of us were very busy and I'm just glad we circled back to it and made it happen. So, yeah. So I, think I would, were one of our very first customers too. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had it on my calendar for months. I mean, it was like, they're opening, I'm going today. I don't care what's happening. They're in the calendar. So. <laughs> um, so I would just love to start with kind of more of your personal story. You know, before we hit record, I was kind of saying, you know, most people in that kind of gray area space of drinking don't typically have that moment of, oh my gosh, I have to stop drinking. I can't, I can't do this. Um, it's kind of a slow burn or it was for me. And maybe, maybe that wasn't the case for you, but I'm just kind of curious how you were led to this sort of decision or thought process of maybe I don't want to drink alcohol anymore. Maybe this isn't serving me. So Andy, I'd like to start with you just to share a little bit of your personal story and journey with alcohol. Sure. I can feel my face turning a little red and I always get a little nervous sharing this, but I just celebrated my second year of sobriety in June. Kristen and I went out to dinner and celebrated and so I feel at this point, um, I feel so good and I feel so happy that it's easier and easier to talk about these days. But really, I was not like, oh, maybe I should cut this out. Maybe I would feel better. I think I had wanted to stop drinking alcohol in within the past decade. And I really was trying to cut back during the week. I was trying to cut back to two glasses on the weekend. I was trying to create a lot of rules for myself. I could tell it wasn't serving me. I could tell when I did drink, I wasn't my best self. I didn't like what I said or how I acted or how I heard that I acted. And it was really just an icky feeling. And I knew in my heart of hearts that if I had, if I could just stop that, that things would be different. I just had this feeling for a long time. If I just, if I could follow, first it was like, if I could follow these rules, things are going to be so much better and I'm going to be so in control and it's going to be awesome. And then it really was very clear to me that these, the, these rules that I was putting up for myself, the second that I would start to drink would go out the window because I would have no, um, I would be sort of powerless and it was just silly anyway. So I, um, I quit drinking for a year and then I started drinking again. I thought I did it for a year. That was really awesome. And I started drinking and I was like, well, I can celebrate. And after I quit for a year, um, I start, I drank maybe two or three times and each time I felt, um, disappointed and gross, bad sleep, anxious. I didn't do anything that I would be ashamed of, but it just didn't feel great. And it didn't feel like it served me. And I think having that year under my belt and then making a couple of mistakes and then being like, you know what, this is it. I think I'm actually done and, and going, getting to that two year mark. Now I will tell you that I'm a lot 
more shy than Kristen and I'm a lot more introverted than Kristen. So I probably, Kristen was probably the only person that knew for, for those couple of years that I was interested in this. And this is something that I wanted to do, but as you'll probably hear us say five or six times, once you start it and you completely stop the sleep, the creativity, the energy, the lifestyle, the way that my life transformed completely in so many aspects of my life, as far as um, everything that I was interested in, everything that I wanted to do and having time for it was so incredibly transformative and exciting that um, it's kind of like people that do CrossFit or something, you know, it's like you stop drinking alcohol and it's so awesome and it makes you feel so good. Uh, the, the organic natural next step was to like create a life around it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is similar to what I've done, which I love because selfishly, it just keeps me energized and going, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I'm not white knuckling through not drinking. Yeah. It's actually quite easy for me now. I prefer it, you know? Yeah. So, but you know, during that time, you know, two years is a long time. So during that, especially that first year, or maybe the, the first time you quit for a year, what was the hardest thing for you? What was the thing that maybe you didn't hear people talk about that was really challenging for you? Um, you know, I almost think the fact that I was so quiet about it, I had a lot of apps and I had a lot of counters on my phone and I was really just kind of going it alone. And I don't think that I had to, I think my friends are so amazing if I would have just been more vocal. And I was also, I've always been in a lot of sort of networking groups. So just kind of being um, James Bondish about what I was drinking and or not drinking or having a huge glass of water in my hand, which is what a lot of places will give you, was um, challenging and frankly, just a kind of annoying. Um, but I, I wish I would have maybe opened up sooner because when Chris and I opened the store, we made a very conscious decision to become very vulnerable and very open about our journey, which is still a little bit hard and a little bit scary. But I... Regret not doing it earlier. Yeah. Well, that's really relatable. As a fellow introvert, I kind of kept it secret and hidden for a while too. Yeah. From the people that love me the most. And so, yeah, once I started just being more vocal, I I don't know what came over me, but I was doing a well-being talk in front of like 300 people. And I just started talking about it. I just started saying, yeah, I was drinking a bottle of wine every night to manage my stress. And I came out and I was like, oh my gosh, that felt so honest to me. It was not nearly as scary once I actually did it. And the number of people, it changed everything for me because the number of people after that, that came to me with tears in their eyes, or they emailed me after, and they said, me too. I didn't know other women that were high achieving, had their shit together. We're struggling with this. Why are we doing this alone? And I'm like, I don't know. Why are we doing this alone? You know? So I kind of had a very similar experience. And I only found more connection with the vulnerability and more and more people drawn to me. So like, it's like, that doesn't even work, but our brains are just telling us it will. So we just keep doing it. That that completely resounds with me, Rachel. I was a hundred percent trying to be high achieving and my peers are so high achieving that I, that I thought by not talking about it was a power move when really the real power move was talking about it and getting so much better connectivity and much deeper relationships. I loved it. It was, it all turned out to to be so many good things that came from it. Yes. I have had so many deeper conversations with people just by actually talking about it, you know, and I'll, sometimes I'll say, oh, I don't drink or I'm not drinking. Or sometimes I'll say nothing. 
And yes. somebody might say like, oh, I've noticed that you're, you have this, it says a non-alcoholic beer. Tell me about it. And I'm like, great. Like you are my people to talk to. So, you know, <laughs> I, I just, I love that. I think it just opened up a whole group of people who are actually my people that yeah. I, I was not letting in by not being willing to talk about it. So I we have a long way to go with stigma around all of this and, you know, mm-hmm do I have to call myself something, you know, or a name or whatever that is. So there's, you know, a lot of opportunity there as a culture, but the more and more of us that talk about it, the less that will be there, you know, like 100% maybe, agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the truth is like the anecdote to shame. So, you know, we have to be able to say it. So yeah, yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I would say that was a hard part for me the first year. So I love that you brought that up. It's not really something I've articulated before. So I appreciate that. I uh, struggle with some social anxiety too. And so I felt Mm -hmm. like when I was places, it was like, that was my, you know, little uh, security blanket, you know, to be able to have that there and then not having it there. The first few times was uncomfortable. After that, I actually really kind of loved it. Like it felt like I had like this super little secret power. So it was good. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Good. Well, anything else you'd like to share just about your journey before we shift over to Chris? Oh gosh, that's about it. I mean, just just the 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 takeaway is that every facet of my life transformed for the better. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. And quite frankly, I wouldn't have believed it unless I did it. So I heard <laughs> people talk about that before and I was like, okay, sure, your life is so much better without alcohol, you know? And like I yes. just wouldn't have believed it until I did it. So yeah. Thinking it completely yeah. off the table, non-issue, not even thinking about it. Don't have to think about it. Don't have to buy it. It's it's magic. Yes. And to your point with all the rules and the apps and, you know, trying to limit yourself, I just found that to be so much more exhausting than just not mm-hmm. drinking. It was so much easier for me just to not drink. So that was sort of my default. It's like, well, that, that I don't have to take up that mental capacity. Am I going to yes. have one? Am I going to have two? Can I stop? You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I do think it was a very important part of my journey. So mm-hmm. for people that, you know, aren't endangering their lives with alcohol, kind of in that gray space of drinking, I do think it's an important part of that journey. Um, yeah. yeah. The decision to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's oh, like a part-time job you no longer have to do. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. I think that mental energy, I don't know about both of you, but I am really wanting to like take every little piece of it that I have and use it for good versus things that aren't serving me. So yeah, especially as I get older. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Chris, let's shift over to you. I'd love to hear your journey and how you got to this place. Well, um, I too, I mean, my biggest regret is not quitting sooner, but um, to kind of take, I guess, take you on a quick timeline. uh, Wasn't much interested in alcohol in high school. Um, and then fresh had a magical freshman year at Indiana University Bloomington, where that is where someone um, picked up some not so great habits <laughs> when it comes to overindulging in alcohol. But, um, you know, I have mixed feelings because, you know, the friendships I made, the experiences, the memories, I wouldn't trade them for anything, but uh, pretty alcohol soaked looking back on it on my college, my undergraduate. Then my 20s, after I Bloomington, I moved to Southern California and actually laid off for a while, um, probably because I wasn't surrounded with those people that I was drinking so much with. But also, uh, you know, Southern California is so health minded and I was, you know, hiking and um, exploring the museums and really trying to I knew I wasn't going to be in Southern California forever. And so I was trying to take advantage of everything 
that the region had to offer. Um, then as I, not long before I turned 30, I moved back home. And well, in California, I was working in books. I did graduate school. I was working in book publishing, got started in public libraries, um, moved back to central Indiana, was working in public libraries, and then actually uh, shifted to public education. And I think looking back, if I could maybe, you know, looking at a timeline of maybe where some of that alcohol use went up <laughs> would be teaching. Um, and I think that might be a dark secret or maybe something that um, there are a lot more stories to be told about just teaching and the, the, the pressure and the grind of what that looks like from morning to evening and then that desire to take the edge off, whether it's on the, the weekend or the evenings. I always tell people I was never a weeknight drinker. Um, a lot of that with teaching, just being too busy, too many commitments. Um, but I was someone who just could not stop on the weekend. Like I, I, there was no off switch where I, I could not, mo I, I really struggled to moderate whether it was Friday or Saturday or even Sunday. Um, never all three, but at some point every weekend, you know, I, I just, I, I couldn't turn it off. And so uh, teaching, 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 you know, throughout my thirties, that was definitely like that weekend was a pattern. And I knew as I was approaching 40 that I wanted to be done with it. And I had never really thought about the idea until Andy introduced me to this idea of sober curious. And, and that, I always give Andy credit. Any time we talk about the business that Andy's gift, she's a visionary. She's, she has always, always had the ability to look into the future. Um, she's had that with fashion, with culture, with trends, even since a very young age. I mean, it's tr it's truly her gift. And so she knew that this was something on the horizon. She could even tell that this was like a movement where where culture was going and was sort of introducing me to people like, um, oh gosh, why can't, they, you know, like, uh, you know, Ruby Warrington and, you know, Holly with um, Quit Like a Woman and, and mm -hmm. some of those texts and the, you know, the Instagram accounts. And I, and I, you know, started reading and listening and um, yeah, indeed, like sober curious is such an accurate term. And really, I wanted to be done by 40. But I guess you could say that's really where the rulemaking began for me. Lots of rules. And I started with something I didn't even care about. Like, I don't drink beer anymore. I don't drink. And I, I didn't even like beer, right? You know, and then <laughs> sure. it was maybe a year or two later, I, uh, you know, a couple, I think maybe a bad, maybe, I think it was like a holiday party where I'd overindulged in hard alcohol. I was like, okay, that's it. No more hard alcohol. And then I was down to, you know, wine. But, you know, I, the three of us know that those rules are exhausting and uh, exhausting. That's the word for it is exhausting. Like the, the idea of trying to make that that work. So it wasn't um, and I, I felt I was it was kind of like to a fraud to Andy because we knew we wanted to partner something on Sober Curious, but I hadn't fully committed. And then. I knew it was, you know, that there, there's always something about timing, like January 1st, 2020, 2022, I had committed to, okay, this is it. This is for real now. Um, so glad I did because now, well, so, you know, so many things had happened in 2022, but, you know, one of them was my dad being very sick and looking back, just being so glad that I, that I didn't choose to, you know, I wasn't drinking at that time because I, you know, being on call, um, but no, I haven't had anything to drink since. But yeah, so January one, or, or Christmas, sorry, Christmas, because I had, I had overdone it. 
I think on a Christmas Eve 2021 with that. So Christmas, oh gosh, and I'm mixing my words, I'm getting emotional, but uh, Christmas 2021 would be my, my, my date. And yeah, I, my, my only regret is not doing it sooner. Uh, it's interesting, you know, with the fast forward to the store where Andy and I, we, we, we said we, we love all the drinks. And it's kind of like I'm rediscovering beer, right? Because that was like one of the first rules I set for myself at 40. I'm 45 now is no more beer. And so now I'm like, oh, th this is fun, right? Like learning the difference between like a hazy IPA and a juicy IPA and like ambers and lights and lagers and, you know, Mexican style. So um, that's been a joyful part of my journey is is rediscovering drinks that I had given up a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. Or wouldn't the have let myself enjoy yeah, the beers like last night, you know, we, we turned on the Colts game and we had some friends over and I had an NA beer in my pretty little glass. And quite frankly, I couldn't tell the difference. I mean, a few people will say, let me take a taste. Oh my gosh, that doesn't have alcohol in it. No, it doesn't, you know? So yeah, it's really, <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun for me too. It's almost like a new hobby. Like you get to you yes. know, try all these new things and it feels like a hobby to me. So yeah, I love yes. it. Yeah. What was the hardest part of, of that that journey. I know you mentioned like the rules we've established the rules, just they, like you said, exhausting feels like we're being deprived all the time. Um, but what was the biggest or the hardest thing that you would say in, in that journey? I've, um, I maybe a I'm going to answer it a little bit differently. Part of what's kept me so, uh, on point is I've been so busy. I've been so busy with you know, my family launching the business. Um, I work in a, no, I, though I'm no longer in a school building. I work for a school district where I support a lot of buildings where it's like, I just haven't had the time. So I guess my fear. So like I said, I'm going to answer a different way is like, okay, what happens at that point when I feel like I've regained time in my calendar, am I going to want to drink again? Cause right now it's like, I'm, I've been too busy to drink. Um, Cause I think that was a bad habit I had fallen into was, I don't know, a couple of minutes ago, I mentioned Sundays was like, sometimes, you know, I would go so hard during the week and then Saturday I would power through my errands. I, you know, I get my stuff done. I get organized for the week. I, and then Sunday I'd be like, okay, you know, what, what do I do now? Right. And then that is sometimes where I would do the overindulging. If I look back on patterns was like, well, I, I deserve this or, Hey, I have nothing going on today, but, um, so yeah, I think that idea of the, you know, the whole busyness thing, right? Uh -huh. And and man, and like, how does that fit in with drinking, not drinking? That that's what I'm sort of thinking through. Yeah, well, I've worked with a couple of different women. One of them in particular was actually on the podcast about a year ago, and she talked similar to you, like busy all the time. You know, we're we're always doing things. She felt like in her brain she connected that sitting down and relaxing had to also include wine. Like the, those two were, to, those two were like married together. You know, we mm -hmm. can't separate those two. And so she's like, when it occurred to me that, you know, that was my permission to take a break and actually sit down and relax. And then you could actually feel some physical, you know, like when you have that first glass mm -hmm. of wine, there was some physical relaxation that happened. Cool. So she was like, I was trying to calm my nervous system from, all of the craziness I was, I was, you know, doing in my life. And so she's like, I started just doing that with a glass of wine or a glass of NA wine. You know, I'd sit down in the pretty glass and I thought, yes, that makes so much sense to me. So you can 
like sort of inch your way to training your brain that, okay, like you still have the glass and the drink. We're good to go here. You know, uh, it just happens yes, to not yes. have alcohol in it, you know? So I find that with a lot mm-hmm. of women, like we're just doing so many things. And, you know, as a, somebody who has a background in a helping profession, um, I do as well. And so, you know, it's like, I spent most of my, my career in healthcare. And I think sometimes it hits us the hardest because we are caring and giving to so many others. And it feels selfish to us, even though we know that that's not true. It feels selfish to us to do something just for us, you know, that isn't numbing out or isn't, you know, drinking ourselves uh, into a hangover for the next morning. So I think that's really a relatable part of this is just talking about the busy factor because gosh, our culture loves busy, don't we? And I always tell clients, like, I'll say, well, what's your numbing behaviors? Like, what do you do to combat stress? And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't do anything. I just get busier. I just doubled down on my busy. I'm like, well, that is a number, my friends. So I don't know if you know this, but that is a way to like numbing is essentially escaping the life you currently have. And Mm -hmm. that's what I was doing with wine for years. You know, that was truly the, the objective. I didn't know that at the time, but that's what I was wanting to do was to escape something in my life that just, you know, felt unmanageable to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess the vice, because I, you know, pro- we're all processing it together. I think, you know, what can make such a big difference is, um, you know, having to support a partner. You know, so uh, my husband for a long time was my drinking buddy, but then when I was, you know, committed to this, he was all, you know, he was completely supportive. Um, I think some of the most Andy and I, we we love our customers and we meet the most interesting people, but sometimes some of the most fun visits are when couples come together and they're in this together or they're buying for the other person. And I think that's so crucial um, for, you know, whatever your, your, for partnerships at home that both people are on board, even if the other person isn't committed to a sober lifestyle, that they're at least supportive. Yes, I agree. It took me, it took my husband a little bit to figure out, like I told him very clearly what I was doing, but he just kind of kept saying, well, when do you think you're going to drink again? And I'm like, not for the foreseeable future. I have no idea, but for now, I don't want you to ask me again. And he's like, okay, (laughs) you know? So it was interesting to kind of watch that, like him evolve through it too. And he was starting to drink a lot less. And now he goes to the grocery and he's like, look what I found you. You'll never guess what they had here. I've never seen those. So so, and that's been three years into it, you know, like I really stopped drinking November, November 1st of 2020 and, you know, take, took a whole year off and then kind of did similar to what both of you described the dabbling back and mm-hmm. forth. And then I was like, you know, like, I just, I don't know, this feels too hard to me. So, you know, three years into it. So I do think that that is an important part of it, that we also have to be patient with the people that love us. If they don't jump right on board with us, they just might not understand what we're doing, you know? two, three years into this whole thing, people buy things from your store often for me to go to a cookout so that I can feel like it's inclusive. And then many other people start to drink it too, you know? And so it's just so interesting to watch people evolve with you. You're already years ahead of them because you've been thinking about this for a while. Like you just told them, you know, yesterday that you were doing this. Of course, they're not going to fully change the way they think or act around you because- you know, why would they like, they're kind of watching to see what's going to happen here. So yeah, I think I have to coach a lot of of clients through the patience of that and not just dropping people because they didn't support you. I'm saying this in air quotes, um, support you right off the bat because they just don't understand what you're doing, you know? So it's like, you just have to show them. So that's okay. 
we can, we can be patient with that. So, yeah. And actually that's a big part of your work is now, yeah. Navigating relationships. Totally. Yeah. And people, people will say all the time, well, if you're not an alcoholic, then why would you need to have somebody help you to stop drinking? Cause you should just be able to stop. It should be really easy just to stop. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. My whole identity was wrapped up in alcohol, including my social life, including, you know, all the way I manage my stress. So like I had to unravel all of that. It was a lot of work. And I, you know, took advantage of all the people, the therapists, the coaches, all the people that could help me unravel that. I mean, that was my entire adult life. So it's not easy to quit your entire adult life and your identity in so many ways. So I think that's what is really difficult for people, whether or not you would say you're on one end of the substance use disorder spectrum or more in the middle. I think it's difficult to essentially blow up your life. We also have this strange theory and I don't know, it's not science-based at all, but I just feel like sometimes your peers and coworkers and colleagues and best friends react differently. Some are, some are very, react very strongly to you not drinking or are very uncomfortable when some are okay. And there's a whole spectrum. And sometimes I think the people that react the strongest, I think, oh, I think maybe I've hit a chord or maybe I've hit something and, and, and that's okay. Well, we're planting seeds. Kristen and I say this all the time. We're planting seeds and I don't need you to change. And I'm not, it's, it's an, it's, it is totally non-judgment. I'm glad that you still want to hang out with me and I'm fine. But sometimes there's just a really varied spectrum of reactions. And sometimes I just think, oh, maybe I hit a chord. Yes. And their reaction, quite frankly, is none of our business. I tell clients yeah. all the time, we don't know what's yeah. going on for them. We can't possibly predict what is going on internally for them. So their reaction is really 100%. none of our business. Yeah. hundred Yeah. Well, I don't know if we mentioned up front that the two of you are sisters. I think I would think people kind of started to put that together. Not, you know, so anyway, the two of our sisters, which I love, I have a sister who is a super creative, similar to what Chris was describing about Andy. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's totally my sister. So um, let's just shift a little bit into how you came up with this idea to put in an alcohol-free store in central Indiana, which I really just want to say, thank you for putting us like ahead of the curve. I and mean, we are for once actually early adopters in central Indiana. I'm so excited. So it's not the only thing we've done, but, but I mean, I just love that, that we have access to this and so many other people will be like, Oh, I don't have one that's even a hundred miles you know, close to my house. So how did you come up with this idea of putting the alcohol-free shop in? What were some of maybe the reactions and comments that you got as you were pitching this idea and socializing it? Andy, you want me to go first and you go second? Uh, Yeah, you're the best at this. Okay, well, uh, fall 2021, we had, um, we knew we wanted to do this idea we want to do something, a project. We always, we always joke that Marley girls love a good project that, or that's our maiden name. We love, we're very project oriented people. We wanted a project around being sober, choosing alcohol-free sober curiosity. And so we were bouncing around ideas, um, you know, whether it's, you know, making videos or doing an Instagram account. Um, we even, you know, we're collecting restaurants that have great mocktail menus but we did start with start with with just creating a, an Instagram account. Well, like I mentioned, um, you know, a, a couple of minutes back, my dad went in. Our, our dad went in the hospital in January, 
And um, those, you know, who are listening, you know, that anytime someone that you love is in the hospital for a long time, you, you, it's, just a, it's a lot of waiting, right? You're, you're, you're and um, something also to know about me, I'm a huge reader, but like, it's the type of, like, you can't read, you can't sustain your focus on anything. So you, you know, you flip through magazines or what you do in 2023 is you play on your phone, right? You, you, you scroll, you scroll, you scroll. Well, I had come across on this new kind of sober curious account we had co-created called Sparkling Hamilton County. The sparkling kind of had you know, several meanings that we really liked in Hamilton County because we, we love where we live. We had come up, stumbled across this article in Vogue magazine, booze-free bottle shops are making dry January easier than ever. And it talked about some shops like Spirited Away in New York, Sachet in South Carolina, Charleston, about these bottle shops where it was everything there were alcohol free or non-alcoholic alternatives. And I thought, Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. Like that. Hey, that's just kind of a lot of things that, that work. So I, I floated the idea by Andy and Andy and she was like, we're doing it. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, hold on now. Like she's no, oh, we're doing it. I'm, I'm calling a real estate agent tomorrow. I'm like, wait, Andy, like Andy, <laughs> hold on. Um, and so I mean, ultimately the, the rest is history. But it was, we credit that magazine article that we would have stumbled across online through social media, January of 2022, uh, in vogue about this concept popping up, you know, on the coasts. And Andy right away saw the possibility. Now, point of clarification, Andy had always wanted to open a store. I mean, that, that's always kind of been a dream that we never had really acted on, but we've always wanted a store but we just never knew what we wanted to sell. Um, I always tell people are, you know, some people's dream Saturday is a beach, right? Um, or, you know, maybe a weekend at the lake. Our dream Saturday is getting in a car, going to some cute little town, you know, wandering in and out of stores, shopping local, finding a local restaurant. Like that's our dream day. Like we love to support, we love to shop, we'll say it. And we love to shop local. And so we always dreamed of having our own store. And then it was like, oh, this is the answer. This is what our store would be. Andy? 100%, yeah. It, it, and it all kind of came together. And, um, you know, the hardest thing has been people saying, what's the point? But that, that that's, like, that's like the one <laughs> universal thing. But- Right. Everything that you were saying earlier, you're you're gonna plant a seed, or I'll see you in a little bit, or I won't see you in a little bit. You know, it's like let me live. I'm doing my thing, and I'm loving it. And we found out there's a lot of people who are just as excited as we are, and we didn't have to explain it. We didn't have to advertise it. People found us, and what an amazing demographic that comes and walks in our store and shares their story. That is something I had no ability to foresee when we opened how incredible the people coming in would be. It's like, I, you may not necessarily talk about these things in your workspace or, or even your home space sometimes, but in here you can. And we've got the most wonderful people that come in that have found us and it's been wonderful. The right people find us. Yeah, the right and they people come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saturday was so fun. Like Saturday, you know, I mean, every day is different, right, in retail. But Saturday was interesting. It, it felt like everyone who came on the Saturday was a familiar face. Like I knew everyone's name. And, mm -hmm. you know, they were stocking up and catching up. And I was like, 
my God, this is, I mean, it feels like, you know, hashtag dream life. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening that we, that again, the, the, the relationships we've built, it's, it's been really beautiful. Yeah, you don't just have a store or a shop, you have like a community, you know? And I agree. I mean, the second I walked in for the first time, I was like, I feel so safe here. You know, it just felt like a place that I knew other people in the room are either sober curious, alcohol free, or like, this isn't the first time it crossed their mind and they just walked in for the heck of it, you know? So it was like, Mm -hmm. I just felt really safe. And I think there's something to be said about creating that space. So yeah, you've created a community that also happens to just things like cool that's, well yeah that's and, amazing and free, <clears throat> free hugs we i mean like last time <laughs> like the saturday before you know a customer who he lives in um indianapolis so we don't see him as often as we'd love to but he he was starting over and he you know it was day for him and he broke down crying to me you know in the store and you know the fact that he um and he you know he um a, a gay man in indianapolis and he shared once again that how safe he's felt in the store and loved and that he and that you know all I could say you know I was like well can I hug you <laughs> you know and he he wanted to hug it but the fact I was just so honored that he he felt okay telling telling me that that you know he had you know he had started over and you know he was on day eight I mean you can't put that crap in a business plan <laughs> like you can't say this is what we're creating because you can't possibly see that, you know, it's like, gosh, I love, that's why I love these things. I think when we're, we really follow what we're meant to do and we just pursue it relentlessly, those things happen. Like they, you, those just organically happen. Well, and I think that's part of the, um, part of our like big picture work is, um, is having like this really strong online presence. So, you know, social connect with social media. Cause we know we have a lot of people who just can't make it to the store, right? Like, it's either they're scheduling or they live too far, but they're like, they're following everything we're doing really closely. And that, and we count them as part of our community as well. So we, we have a blog. We're always looking for guest blog. We invite people to contribute to our blog. We do a newsletter that comes out every other week. Um, we have a book club, you know, that meets every other month. So we try to create these different avenues for people to connect. Cause we know that not everyone can make it to the store, but they want to be part of the store. Yes. Yeah. I, I love it. I just can't wait to see what comes next. I know you have a second shop you've already opened, but you know, I just know it'll keep organically evolving when you see needs and you see traction, you know, it's like when you start to see that community piece, it's like, okay, we got to grow this. This is amazing. So yeah. Yeah. That's I, yeah. Love it. So what, is next for all of you or is it just like you know like we're running the businesses for now we don't know what's next we're just enjoying the ride what what do you see in a couple of years i'm not a five-year person i'm like a six-month person i'm like what ask me what i'll be doing in six months i might be able to give you an answer i have no idea because i do kind of follow the energy you know it's like i follow the energy and kind of go with with the the flow in a lot of ways so i'm just kind of curious like what do you what do you see like what do you see in the in the future yeah, we've got a couple things in the pipeline right now. Um, we've got our second store open in the village of West Clay, but that's actually a temporary location while the, the real location is being built. And it's going to be so, it's just going to be a gorgeous, beautiful store on the west side of Carmel. That's going to be opening around the new year. We're certainly gearing up for the holidays, which is a big time for us. Last year, so many people were curious about 
bringing something home for their families or, or wanting to get through the holidays sober. I cannot wait for the holiday season um, coming up. It's just going to be huge and it's going to be madness. And I, I can't wait. I love it. <laughs> the biggest thing that we're probably doing is opening a distribution line, which we've already opened. We've had sort of a soft launch where we are wholesaling to local bars and restaurants and coffee shops. Um, that was a problem we were trying to figure out how to connect for a long time and then made made the connection. And so we've actually got a wholesale space now. Um, so that's sort of a back end um, behind the scenes piece um, to diversify a little bit. But I think you might see some new locations opening up and just some uh, slow and steady scaling. Uh, but we are definitely in a growth mode and it's a beautiful thing. It's so fun. Yeah. And if there are people that are listening that can't make it to the shop, do you do shipping to people or what does that look like now? We do delivery to different radiuses, um, mostly Hamilton County, Central Indiana, Indianapolis. Um, but if if you are in the area, just simply email us and we'll find, we've always found a way to make it work. Um, shipping is tricky. Shipping is expensive. And that's why in a lot of these brands, they want to send you a case or two cases or send you up for a subscription or pay, you're paying a lot for shipping, which is another reason why we're so happy to be here where you can just sample it first. <laughs> you can try one. And um, that is, I'm not sure we'll be shipping anytime soon, but definitely different ways. Uh, we might be having some drop-off points soon in Indianapolis or Fort Wayne, where it almost kind of like a CSA, where it's like maybe you put an order in and then you all pick it up from a location. But there's a couple things that we're floating right now, but definitely, um, definitely in a growing trajectory. Yeah, well, I was so grateful to see you pop up because I was one of those people paying all those really high shipping prices <laughs> up front. You know, once I discovered NA, it's like, okay, cool. And so I was ordering everything online, but wow, like it is, it is a lot. And I get it. I get why the shipping cost is why it is, but I was so grateful to be able to walk into a store and be able to, to buy what I wanted. So, and okay. you do a great job of curating what you have in the shop. So, I mean, I've tried a lot of the different stuff that you have in the shop. And so I really appreciate that it's kind of mixed, gets mixed up a little bit and you bring new things in. And I really, I think, I think <laughs> what you have is really great, you know? So I think Thank that's, you. that's something to, to, to say too. Kristen and I well, love to Chris... rearrange the store. And oh, yeah. I've noticed every time I'm in the there, I'm like, <laughs> sometimes people are like what have you done every time I come in it's different but there's so many new products all the time so many things we're curating what people what got a good response somebody will say hey I saw this brand can you try it and we'll order it so there's it's just a really constant flow of things coming in coming out rearranging and trying new things so thank you for your patience it's a combination Andy's amazing buying curating skills but then the other piece of the equation is listening to customer feedback but mm -hmm. how awesome that we have a we have a store where people come in. They're like, "I hated it. Now, now, what do you want me to try?" <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. how lucky are we that they that they came back and they gave us really honest feedback, and now they want to try something else. Like, sure. that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that yeah. is. I mean, where else do you find that in retail? So, um, we we're best customers ever. And, well, we and I will say something for everybody. Yeah, if if you. <laughs> If you didn't find it on your very first try or your second, just keep coming back. There is, it's like books, like Kristen says, there's something for everybody, truly. 
Yes, <laughs> for sure. And, you know, I've tried some stinkers too. Um, but I think it's, there's something to be said about the fact that you create that safe place for people to walk back in and say, we don't like this one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's not like it's your artwork that they're saying this is terrible, but, you know, and someone is like, it is kind of like your hobby they're saying they don't like, you know? So, so I think there's something to be said there that they feel safe enough to come in and say that. So, you know, there's certainly that factor. So, well, and I mean, to tie it back to your work and, you know, the, the, the mission of, you know, the podcast is, you know, when someone comes in and they're laser focused on wine, because, you know, we, I know we both sort of named wine as that, that final frontier, right? The hardest to give uh, up. Yeah. Usually the, the question, I, I usually, I usually have some follow-up questions. Usually it's tell me more. Um, you know, what is it that you, because we know um, NA wine is a, is a tough category. Um, so we usually some coaching involved. You know, like, it's like, well, what do you want to get out of this wine? Like, or do you want to feel like you're participating at a family dinner? Do you want something that's different from your Diet Coke, right? The, at the end of the workday? Um, you know, what is it that, what is it that you're seeking? You know, are you, are you buying something to celebrate like, a, you know, a, a party or a milestone? So um, a lot of, uh, lot, yeah, I, I use the word coaching a lot. I mean, yeah. I'm not, not totally accurate, um, but uh, we, we, a lot of times it's a, it's a long conversation sometimes to figure out, to, to match people with, with the right drinks. Yeah. I think coaching is the perfect word because you're not telling them you're helping them explore it and figure out the answer for themselves, you know, but you're asking them the right questions. So that's the important part. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I was first exploring NA and I was like, Oh, that's that bottle's 24 95. I wouldn't pay that. Meanwhile, I had a whole wine fridge full of shit that was 10 times that much. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's like, really? So once I kind of got over that hurdle where I was like, why do I think the alcohol is the value here? That's not the value for me anymore. The value is not having the health impacts of the alcohol, not having the hangovers, all those things. I'll pay double to get what I have now versus what I was doing when I was drinking alcoholic wine. So I don't know if you heard some feedback or people like, Ooh, I don't know. This is pretty expensive. Yeah. Not as much as we did in the beginning. Uh-huh. Um, it was actually, I was working, you know, we, we do this biweekly newsletter. I was working on the newsletter that, that went out today. And, um, I came across this article from Forbes because Forbes has been following this movement very closely. They regularly, regularly report on non-alcoholic drinks, beverages. And it was an interview with Johannes Leitz, Leitz, um, in Germany, the Leitz estate about his wines. At the very end of the article, his quote is that people have to recognize that health, it, it's comes out of cost. I mean, that it's not inexpensive, that people need to be willing to pay for their that healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I pay for a gym membership. I do all these things, but I was still drinking alcohol and paying a lot for it too. You know? So it's like, it just doesn't like, once you step back and look at it, it doesn't check out. Like it just doesn't make sense. So, yeah. And I think that's where a lot of, even our customers thinking has sort of evolved over time about the um, pricing. Yes. Yeah. And, and what I say a lot of times is these wines are grown in Spain and France and Germany and Italy and Napa, and they're aged in the same way and they're grown in the same way, but then you've got to do vacuum distillation. You've got to do uh, a centrifuge and then you've got to 
readjust. So you're doing more steps in a really elegant winemaking process that makes it more expensive. But but that's because it's not just grape juice. It's because it's artisanal. And then circling back to what you were saying, Rachel, in the very, very beginning about having it in a beautiful glass and creating that beautiful ritual. It's all part and parcel. It's all this beauty and this art and this experience, but then just taking out the ethanol and the and and all of that junk. The poison. Yeah, yeah. yeah the poison. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just a small thing. Um, yeah, but I do notice that even like that ritual feels more special to me because I'm not drinking alcohol. Yeah, when you I drink agree. alcohol regularly, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's not a, and my creativity, my senses, everything was numbed when I was drinking alcohol. So I just right. appreciate that beautiful glass with whatever right. is in it, you know? Yeah. 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 It feels really special to put something in a beautiful glass. That's N.A. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Well, ladies, I appreciate the time. It's been so fun to hear more. We take packaging very seriously. We do. That's yes. Yes. Yes, I did notice that the last time I was. It's a big part of our decision-making process when I get to the store. Yeah, I think you may have cut out a little bit. I don't know if we'll see if it, if it caught it on the recording. Um, but yes, the last time I was there, it was kind of like this real pretty process and they wrapped it up and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. You know, like that's like, that is part of it, a part of the experience. So yeah, I, I love it all. Keep up the wonderful work. I'm so grateful to have you here in central Indiana and so nearby. Um, and can't wait to see how this evolves. Thank you. It's been so fun to talk to you. Yes. Yeah. I'll see you soon. I'm so glad uh, we connected to the Thank you, Rachel. Yes. Yeah. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded for my weekly Wednesday episodes. If you're curious about my programs and options of ways to work with me, check out rachelpritz.com. And if that's not interesting to you right now, no problem. Just keep listening along for free. Either way, I'm here for you.